We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz radio news show. I'm Blair Andrews on Twitter at Am I the Real Blair, and my co-host, as always, is Hassan Rahim on Twitter at HRR5010. Hassan, what's up? Uh, you know, Blair, uh, enjoying week three as we wrap it up here. Um, I'm, I'm pretty excited for this uh, Sunday night game that's going on right now between the Browns and the Rams. How about yourself? Yeah, I'm hoping for a big game out of uh, Beckham and so far not really delivering. So hopefully uh, things pick up as we continue to record. But yeah, definitely a lot to cover in uh, this week's uh, in this week in the NFL. And I'm really excited about our guest today. Joining us on the show is Devin McIntyre. Devin is a featured writer here at Rotoviz and he writes the Talking Trades column. Uh, he is also the co-host of the Solis Report, a Rotoviz radio podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Devin MCI. Devin, thanks for joining us. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I came on here once before, uh, and I didn't have a microphone, and uh, we recorded like an hour and a half, and you couldn't pretty much hear any of it. So <laughs> I'm happy to be back, and hopefully uh, the recording goes a little more smoothly. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely uh, happy to be running it back. Um, 
you and uh, John Solis, of course, just started this new podcast. Um, I think you've had one episode out already. What's that all about? Yeah, we we just launched it, which is cool. Um, Peter Overzet came on. Um, he was our first guest. And we're going to have our second episode we're going to record this week. And Sean Siegel is coming on. So um, that's going to be exciting. So hopefully people can look for that uh, to drop later this week. It's um, I think it's publishing through the main Road of His radio feed right now. Uh, so that's where you can find it. And it's... Uh, sort of a like late night show format and so it'll be a little little bit of football a little bit of jokes and hopefully get to talk to some people about uh stuff that's going on uh with them that's not just like the x's and o's of waiver wire ads and all that stuff uh that you can find on all the other podcasts definitely yeah really want to check that out uh, let's jump into the first news item. Matthew Stafford completed 18 of 32 passes for 201 yards and a touchdown in the Lions week three victory over the Eagles. So Devin, uh, Stafford's final stat line wasn't that great, but he did, uh, he was able to, uh, give a big day to Marvin Jones who caught six of nine targets for 101 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but Galladay was kept mostly in check and carry Johnson was pretty ineffective. Uh, despite getting a big workload. So how do you think fantasy players should be approaching this Lions offense going forward? Well, I think if you have Galladay, you drafted him early, you probably got to keep starting him. He did have like eight targets. I think that um, I think that he's going to be fine. We have seen through, through, through three weeks, it's kind of been like a different guy each week with Hawkinson going crazy week one against Arizona, who can't seem to stop tight ends. And then Galladay last week, and then Marvin Jones this week. But I think that that's a little bit of the team just trying to keep everyone happy a little bit. But Galladay had like at least three catches that were like downfield catches, where he, like right at the boundary where he stepped out of bounds, or just like they didn't challenge it or whatever. Um, so he, he had like two catches on eight targets, but it could easily have been six, and we wouldn't be worried about him. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be quite the high, high volume enough offense that you can start Marvin Jones every week. Like, I think if you're a team that's short on options, you can, you'll have to, but, um, I think he's going to be pretty up and down. And we've even seen like Amendola week one had like 13 targets. Like he's going to pop up here and there and have, and, and steal some too. I think that Bevel with, with um, Bevel as OC, we're going to see a team that's not that different from uh, the Seahawks before, where they're going to be reasonably productive, but there's all these different guys that are going to vulture opportunities, and it's going to be a little bit annoying. I mean, I think that Carrion Johnson, uh, were same thing, where you drafted him, you're probably just going to keep starting him, and he's getting a lot of opportunities, so I think he'll be fine, but I don't think he's going to hit that ceiling of what people hope just because... Uh, you know, Ty Johnson is going to steal a little bit and J.D. McKissick for some reason, like they, you know, they cut the Aritic and everyone was like, great, all the passes are going to carry on. But that's not quite going to happen. They're going to mix those guys in. So he still has a lot of upside, but it's not automatic that um, that he's jumping up into that top tier. Yeah, it's actually kind of interesting that you mentioned that. I mean, because Amandola got uh, five targets today and he 
you know, did or, or I guess he did Amendola things with him. He caught four of them for 37 yards and no scores. That's, you know, pretty, pretty Amendola-esque line. What's interesting to me is that Hawkinson continues to, like, you know, command targets. He got four today, but he only got one uh, for a one-yard gain. Um, you know, out of curiosity, like, where are you in Hawkinson? And, you know, I know a lot of people are afraid of rookie tight ends in, 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 in fantasy football in general. So, like, what are your thoughts here? I still like him. I mean... We'll have to see. I haven't seen like the snap counts and stuff from this week, but um, and I wrote about this in trades after week one, the big week one. I was like, you know, you really don't want to trade for a guy after he just had what might be his like career game, <laughs> even if he's good. Uh, but at the same time, usually rookie tight ends struggle so much because they struggle to get on the field. So when people talk about the learning curve, it's like they, you know, they play like. 30% of the game or something like that. And in the old days, we didn't really get any of that information. It was like very difficult to track all the snaps and stuff, but like we have all that information now. So we can see if a guy's playing 70% of the game, like Hawkinson is doing, that's right up there with all the top tight ends. So, you know, he's running routes, he's doing stuff. I think it's just the volume of the Lions offense that's going to limit him. But if the Lions are, thro- are going to have a game where they throw 50 times, then Hawkinson is going to have a good game. I mean, in in today's game, he had a touchdown. It got waved off, I think, for offensive pass interference, but it was like, I mean, it was almost one of those, like, rookie calls. Like, if, if, uh, if Travis Kelsey did it, they would, they would have, like, thrown the flag the other way and given him the touchdown, I bet. Uh, yeah, I guess Matthew Stafford is probably not owned in a lot of one QB leagues, but in, like, a super flex league, I mean, given sort of the volume concerns with this whole offense, do you think he's startable over somebody that you might have picked up um, already off waivers like Minshew or uh, Kyle, uh, oh my gosh, Kyle Allen or somebody like that who kind of looked pretty good today? I definitely would be playing Stafford. They did look good. Kyle Allen had like four touchdowns, which is incredible. But sometimes with the rookie, I mean, you see it, some you see it in like preseason too where when it's easy like they it's not that hard to look good and like they made it to the nfl for a reason but the more tape they get on these guys like you sometimes see qbs sub in and like go crazy and then after two weeks like they can't do anything and we'll just see i mean i i don't think it's that weird that Minshew and allen even if they're like decent will continue to you know, these might be like some of the best games they have all year. That's that's my opinion on it. Like Kyle Allen, like his touchdowns to Greg Olson. Greg Olson was like completely wide open. It wasn't like he was making crazy plays or anything like that. ESPN's Adam Scaffrey reports uh, Saquon Barkley will undergo an MRI on Monday. Uh, Devin, initial reports indicated Barkley is dealing with a, a high ankle sprain. How do you expect his af- uh, his absence will affect uh, the Giants' offense? Uh, you know, can Daniel Jones uh, continue to keep this team competitive? Uh, congratulations to Jan- Daniel Jones for winning uh, the first game of his career, by the way. And, uh, you know, how much fob are you looking at spending on uh, Wayne Gallman here? Uh, yeah, it's, it's Daniel Jones's team now. I, I expect him to absorb most of uh, uh, Barkley's carries. He's the, he's clearly the the goal line guy. He's the Jeff Wilson. He's the Jeff Wilson of the uh, New York Giants now. Uh, I think he's on pace for what well, two? T- oh, I guess this is week three, so he's on pace for uh, like twenty six touchdowns on the ground. Uh, I I don't know. It's hard to be excited about Gallman. It was an ankle. It didn't look terrible. I mean. I'm not like a fraudulent doctor, so you shouldn't necessarily listen to me. But uh, 
<laughs> from my <laughs> from my look at the video, I would it wasn't one of those gruesome ones where you were like, oh god. Uh, so you know, I I'm not really. It's hard to say what what's going to happen with Barkley, but yeah, Gallman. It's pretty hard to get too excited about him. I mean, I probably wouldn't break the bank for him, but I also most of my rosters are stacked with like tons of zero RB type guys that I still have faith in and will probably hold long after I should have dropped for the Gallmans of the world. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Gallman played basically the entire second half um, and ended with only one target and uh, five carries for 13 yards. So, I mean, you know, one half a play, that's not that great. And, you know, Daniel Jones, I guess, if he's going to look to run a lot, he's probably not going to be checking down to Wayne Gallman all that often. I mean, you know, Saquon got five targets when he was in there, but he's like, uh, you know, he's able to command those targets even from <laughs> from a quarterback who doesn't look to check down, I guess. Uh, not quite the same with Gallman. So, yeah, I mean, if Barkley, if it turns out he is going to miss a lot of time, then it's possible um, that uh, the, gen- well, it's possible Gallman could have some value if you're really desperate, but yeah, like you said, it's hard to have a lot of confidence in uh, in him going forward, uh, just based not only on his workload today, but kind of what we've seen from him in uh, the past. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a tough situation. On a lot of my teams, I do have some interesting zero running back types, but I also am really <laughs> hurting for running back starters. So, you know, when somebody like this comes up, it's kind of tempting. Uh, yeah, if you're going to start him. If you're going to start him, pick him up for sure. I mean, but I don't know how much you'd spend. That obviously it depends. I guess if you if you were saying like if we knew for a fact Barkley was just done for the season, how much would you spend on Gallman? You know, it's like I still probably would spend like twenty or thirty percent, and that would be if I knew I was starting him next week. Um, just because, like, like I think he'll be fine, and so he'll score points. And if you don't have anyone to start, then that's valuable for you. But if Barkley is out. I think they'll add somebody. I mean, maybe they'll trade for Paul Perkins again. You know, they'll, they'll <laughs> add CJ Anderson or some, you know, they'll sign JHIE or something like that. And it'll be a mess. I think it's good for Evan Ingram. I think it's good for Sterling Shepard. They're going to get, you know, they're. I think right now they rely so much on Barkley. You just give him the ball. Like if, if no one gets open, just give him the ball and he'll just do something. It's like, you know, it's like basketball when you have like Carmelo Anthony or like, everyone just stops actually doing anything because they know that they have that fallback option. So with Barkley out, I think they'll actually, you know, play regular football and they'll get it to their receivers and to Ingram. And those guys will benefit from those short yardage situations. Before we get into no shit, shit, no, at the end of a hard week, it's great to sit down, take some time off and watch some football. Game winning touchdowns and two minute drives, running back racing on the sidelines with no one to stop them. There's nothing else like the NFL, and there's no better way to make the games even more exciting than to bet on them. That's why I go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. Let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. I wouldn't be telling you guys to bet with them if they weren't the best. Do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season, bet with my bookie. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code ROTOVIS to activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIS. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. You can also join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash blue wire. 
a little bit about Harry's. They were founded by two regular guys who were tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. So they started Harry's to make quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. And if you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Uh, this summer, you can refresh your wallet and your face with a Harry's trial set. comes with a weighted ergonomic handle for an easy grip, a five-blade razor with a lubricating strip, and trimmer blade for a close shave, rich lathering shave gel that will leave you smelling great, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and make it easy to take with you on the go. Uh, listeners of the show can redeem their trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Again, make sure to go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your offer and let them know I sent you to help support the show. Now let's get into no shit, shit no. First item up, LaShawn McCoy rushed eight times for 54 yards and a touchdown in the Chiefs' Week 3 win over the Ravens, adding three receptions for 26 yards and an additional score. Uh, no shit. I mean, that's why they brought him in. I think anyone on the Chiefs is going to be successful. And I think he was just, uh, you know, faking maybe a little bit with the ankle stuff. Just, <laughs> you know, they didn't know, not like to, just it was a little gamesmanship. They were like, oh, I don't know if I'll play. And then he was fine. Juju Smith-Schuster caught three of seven targets for 81 yards and a touchdown in the Steelers' week three loss to the Niners. I mean, shit, no, kind of. He had one really long catch. It's really, I think the... Mason Rudolph era is scary. Uh, would you be benching Juju out of curiosity next week? I mean, I think your team would have to be pretty loaded to bench him, but I just, I think based on that, I mean, I think he'll have good weeks, but this was not like the 81 yards and a touchdown was a little fluky given how this quarterback performance went. Marquez Valdez Scantling caught six of ten targets for ninety-nine yards and one touchdown in the Packers' week three win over the Broncos. Um, I'll say no shit. You know, it's this is the <laughs> this is the Aaron Rodgers Packers. Uh guys, all all different all different receivers on that team are gonna have big games. Um but you know, I think that I'm not terrified for Devontae Adams. I think that he'll I think he'll get get going. Tyler Lockett shipped in with 11 catches for 154 yards and a touchdown on 14 targets Sunday in the Seahawks' Week 3 loss to the Saints. Um, I guess no shit. I mean, we, we, we knew that he could do this if he gets the volume. And if, you know, that's always been the, the thing with the Seahawks. If they actually play fast and stuff, uh, there's not much of a ceiling on, on what Russell Wilson can do. Because he can just pick up first down so easily. It's so I mean, he running. He looks to well. He looks like early season Russell Wilson when he's healthy and he's looks fast. And he just you know, if anything happens, he just scampers and gets the first down, and they keep moving. So this was a close game where they were you know in comeback mode. So a lot of it was sort of garbagey. But when that when he has games like that, yeah, Lockett is going to keep blowing up. I think. Matt Breida rushed 14 times for 68 yards and caught two of three targets for 20 yards in the 49ers' Week 3 win over the Steelers. <laughs> oh, man. There's no there's no good answer to this one. I guess I guess no shit. You know, he's sort of lead... He's the lead guy, but... I don't know. The good thing about him was that he did get... He did get the most targets. Um, he had more targets than Raheem Mostert or the goal line back Jeff Wilson. Um so, you know, the knock with him was always that maybe he's not going to catch uh, catch the ball enough. So he was pretty good. I mean, two or three targets for 20 yards, 14 rushes for 68 yards. That's solid. If he keeps doing that, I mean, he didn't break any really big runs. 
if he keeps getting that usage, he'll still be good. Um, so no shit. But I think we always knew it was going to be sort of a committee. It's disappointing that with Tevin Coleman out, he doesn't just like leap to the top tier with getting like a huge workload. But you know, given how given what happened last year, and they played through like <laughs> like half a dozen injuries at once, like and he would go down and then he would come back in the second half of the game and be fine. Like it makes sense that they're not trying to load him up at least in week three michael thomas nabbed five catches for 54 yards and a touchdown on seven targets sunday in the saints week three win over seattle um no shit you know it's teddy bridgewater it's this is what it's gonna look like i think so drew Brees, get get well soon yeah we did see uh camara have a pretty nice game today obviously with 10 targets um and nine catches on those so um, I mean, obviously, with Breeze, you would have games where both Kamara and Thomas would kind of have these elite outcomes. And, I mean, I guess, is that really what we're going to be missing with Bridgewater playing? Just the the possibility that Kamara and Thomas are both useful in the same week? Um, I'm not sure. It was kind of a It was kind of a weird game because, like, Seattle scored 20 points in the fourth quarter, but... New Orleans was not playing that aggressively. So I think that even though Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to check down a lot and just take easy passes rather than be more aggressive, um, I don't know that it'll be. I don't know that it'll be this bad. Like, I don't think think Kamara is going to out-target Thomas every week, for example. But is that what you're... Are you saying, saying, like... Yeah, no... I'm just thinking. Are you saying that Thomas's value is just done <laughs> as like a top wide receiver with Teddy Bridgewater? No, not is that quite. what you're worried about? No, not quite. I mean, uh, like last week, Thomas had kind of a typical Thomas game with Bridgewater throwing most of the passes to him. Um, I guess you know it would probably was hard to get Thomas and Kamara on the same team because Thomas was going in the first round in a lot of drafts, but. Um, you know, you you went into the season expecting them to both be able to produce kind of these elite numbers at the same time and not really cannibalize each other. And right, um, you know, so last week it was a Thomas game and Kamara kind of had a down game, and then this week it's reversed. So um, yeah, just kind of wondering if that's what we should get used to with Bridgewater, if it's going to be possible to kind of predict who's going to have the big game. I don't know. Yeah, trying to figure out well, if there's anything would, to take away from the last two weeks. I would say that one really promising thing about this game is that Kamara and Thomas really dominated it. You know, Ted Ginn had five targets, Jared Cook, Taysom Hill, Josh Hill combined for another five, and that was it. So Kamara and Thomas had 17 of 27 targets. The problem is that there was only 27. Um, I think that the problem with, with Drew Brees is that Thomas could have seven targets with Drew Brees and he'd have seven catches. I mean, he was so, so crazily efficient last year, but always. But with, you know, that's that's because Drew Brees was back there. He was catching 80% of the passes, even downfield passes. In this game, Thomas could have had a bigger game. He had one where he was open. He caught it like out of bounds because Teddy Bridgewater threw it out of bounds. Like when's the last time you saw him open and Drew Brees just, like, chucked it out of bounds. Like, that's never happened. Yeah. Like, you can't even imagine it. Whereas for all these other quarterbacks, you're like, oh, yeah, right, that happened today. 
So I think that's the problem. If in a game where there's only 27 passes for the Saints, yeah, they're both not going to go off. But, you know, if they both do, if they, like, really, really dominate in the end zone to, like, try to keep them happy or something, it might not be a disaster. Like, today was not a disaster. I mean, like, game flow kind of got away from them, right? Like, because, like, the, the Saints scored two defensive TDs. Exactly. Yeah. Tony Pollard rushed 13 times for 103 yards and a touchdown in the Cowboys' Week 3 win over the Dolphins, adding three receptions for 25 additional yards. Uh, no shit in the sense that this is, this is what it's like against Miami, I think, for the rest <laughs> of the year. Uh, it's going to be scary to start. It went from everyone salivating over these Miami matchups for their starters to now being like terrified because the backups are going to come in at halftime. Calvin Ridley caught his lone target for six yards in the Falcons' week three loss to the Colts. Um, no shit in the sense that he's he's not. I mean, he wasn't a he wasn't really a high volume guy last year either. So he'll have these games. He just he just gets a lot of really really high value targets, end zone targets, and they send him on routes where you know he'll have three catches and two touchdowns or whatever. So hopefully Atlanta gets it going a little better than this. I mean, on Julio Jones caught a touchdown over a guy, and from his body language, you could just tell he was like, why don't you throw me the ball every play? Like, why are these games close? I'm on the team. This is what happens when you throw it to me. Like, what are we doing? So, I mean, we've seen that happen before where they do start leaning on Julio, and if they, you know, once they start throwing to Julio every time and he keeps burning guys, that will dictate what the defense does and you know they can use Ridley more he's going to be wide open all the time right now I have no they're spreading the ball out so much Hassan we were talking about this <laughs> before the show they're spreading it out to the second tight end they're giving like, Luke Stalker four targets yeah Luke Stalker's getting involved it's you know I mean and this was a game too where Ido Smith had a concussion and he was out so like the number of people that they uh, uh, ha- you know, had in that passing offense was was narrower, and it's you know they're still getting guys involved. Where it would be one thing if it was really really working, and they were just dominating people with their with their offensive firepower, but it isn't. You're like they're in these close games, they're losing games, and you're just like, Dirk Cutter is back, and this is exactly what he got run out of town for. Like I remember him doing the press conferences where he's like, my job is to get the ball to Julio. I got to do a better job. Like this was the age of, it's like reversed where Julio is getting all these touchdowns now, <laughs> probably because that was what Cutter got fired for before, where Julio <laughs> would have like 1,500 yards and three touchdowns. And like, so now he's like, okay, all he's focused on is getting Julio the touchdowns and like neglecting the rest of the offense. Mark Ingram rushed 16 times for 103 yards and three touchdowns in the Ravens week three loss to the Chiefs, adding four receptions for 32 additional yards. No shit, unfortunately. I mean, I think most of us have like Justice Hill. (laughs) We're like trying to keep him stashed if we can uh, for one more week. Um, but yeah, but no shit, because Baltimore is really good. I mean, they're, there's only a handful of actually well-run teams in the league, and Baltimore is one of them. So, you know, it, it's it's a little bit, you know, their first two weeks, they had really easy matchups, it seemed like. But I think that we, I think that we can pretty much tell at this point that Baltimore is going to be scary every week, and Mark Ingram is going to be the be the main beneficiary. 
but you know, we'll. I, I think that as the season goes on, they'll try to keep everyone fresh, and it'll be more of a committee and stuff like that. So I think other people will. I think there'll be more. They'll keep the keep everyone else fed as well. But to start the season, they paid him. He's the vet. He's he's gonna be the guy. Cortland Sutton caught five of eight targets for 87 yards in the Broncos' week three loss to the Packers. Um, no shit, I guess. Uh, you know, I mean, there's nothing too dramatic about that line, really. But, uh, you know, he's been pretty involved so far. Um, I think Emmanuel Sanders had the big game last week, maybe. But it's not like they have a ton of options there. So he's going to have, I think he's going to keep having games where he racks up yardage like that anyway. I don't, I'm, I'm not that high on the Broncos offense though. All right, before we get into the final two news items, just a reminder, become a Rotoviz Patreon and gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Radio Slack, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcast and writing team, like Hassan and myself. Uh patronships start at just six dollars a month. Become a patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash rotoviz radio. And I want to remind you that you can also get a listeners-only 10% discount to a Rotoviz NFL Pass through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all our premium NFL content, and it supports the pod. Plus, for a limited time only, we are offering a two-year Rotoviz Radio NFL sub, which includes a 10% discount and complimentary access to Rotoviz Radio Patreon and the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel for the 2019 season. That's right, you get 10% off a two-year subscription and enjoy unlimited access to the Rotoviz Radio Slack channel. Uh, all you have to do is head to rotoviz.com slash podcast, sign up via the two-year RV Radio subscription, and we'll email you Slack access details within 48 hours. Once again, that's rotoviz.com slash podcast. All right, on to news item number three. Christian McCaffrey rushed 24 times for 153 yards and a touchdown and added three catches for 35 yards in the Panthers' Week 3 win over the Cardinals. Uh, so, Devin, after a down Week 2, McCaffrey picked up right where he left off. Seemingly, it doesn't look like the offense suffered any negative effects from uh, the switch to Kyle Allen. Uh, so what are your expectations for the Panthers as long as Kyle Allen is under center? Um, I mean, I'm a, little, I'm a little worried about it. Arizona was their opponent this week, and it seems like they have been giving up a lot of big plays to people. Um, I mean, I didn't. I I watched a fair amount of the game. I thought Kyle Allen looked fine, but uh, I don't think he was that challenged. Um, so it's disappointing because I think Cam coming back from his injury and seemingly doing great over the summer, um, it seemed like an exciting um, kind of like leap forward for a lot of these guys. Like maybe it would be a team that would actually support a tight end and a running back and two receivers potentially. Um, I doubt that that's the case with Kyle Allen. So, um, you know, Greg, Greg Olson being that involved maybe may have been sort of a matchup thing, but um, I'm nervous for, for DJ Moore who had been looking so good. I actually wrote this week in talking trades that DJ Moore was the guy that I was most confident in holding just cause I thought, cause his, his targets have been so short, like he, he gets really short passes near the line of scrimmage and, you know, they try to get him running in space and stuff. And he had like a really effortless long touchdown today where it was the type of play he had at his rookie season where you were, where we were very excited because we were like, when this guy plays a full allotment of snaps, he's just going to blow up in this offense. 
Um, but that was like the only touch he got this week. So I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what that what that means. I, I I'm guessing that these guys start cannibalizing each other a little bit more than we saw today. Jameis Winston completed 23 of 37 passes for 380 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception in the Buccaneers' Week 3 loss to the Giants. Um, Devin, the team looked to get Mike Evans uh, heavily involved early in this one. They fed him 18 targets. Um, you know, he uh, Evans parlayed those targets into eight catches, 190 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, you know, with Evans, who acted as the focal point of the offense, uh, Chris Godwin had a, had a quiet day, but O.J. Howard took a step forward. Uh, you know, he caught three of his targets for six, six cordless yards. You know, what are your thoughts on this aerial offense going forward? Uh, how do you think the running game pans out? Do you think this is all the net positive? What are your thoughts? Um, I mean, I think I, I wasn't surprised that they decided to focus on um, Mike Evans this week. I think, you know, I think just teams like to do that. Chris Godwin um, has gotten so much of the production the first two weeks. So I, you know, I, I was expecting for them to try to get Mike Evans involved and he got, you know, he had like two touchdowns in like two minutes into the game. Um, but, you know, so I think those two will be able to coexist and I don't, I don't really think OJ Howard is gonna, I think he's going to keep doing what he does where he'll have a few efficient targets, but not enough, uh, that he won't be pretty frustrating week to week. And I'd have no idea about the running backs. <laughs> Ronald, I would, it's the same thing. Like Ronald Jones seems like the only guy that I really have any interest in. What do you guys think? I know Hassan, you were really high on Ronald Jones all summer. And how, what has your reaction been to how things have gone so far? Uh, it's it's kind of, a, it's, it's a bit of a bummer that like they still use Peyton Barber, especially in high leverage situations and around the goal line. Um, it's although like Jones is the guy who ripped off a whole bunch of like junk yardage. I mean, last week, uh, so he actually had to leave Thursday night football because he got hurt. He came up kind of like bulky and like he rested it out. Both him and like Peyton Barber saw about, you know, Ronald Jones had 14 carries, Barber had 13. And like the difference is like pretty noticeable. So like, Ronald Jones had 80 yards and Peyton Barber had, had like 48. And he also got stuffed at the goal line multiple times. So like you've got, you know, this team just losing games. Also this uh, the Dari Ugun uh, the uh, Dari Ogunbowale, uh, you know, they they're using him as this quote unquote like three like like they're bass catching back, but like you know, three targets, three receptions, 23 yards, that's nothing. Like That's just, like, why throw to a running back at that point? Like, why bring on a specialist running back and throw to him when you're getting, when you're getting like, nothing out of it? Like, you know, you've got Godwin, Evans, and, and O.J. Howard. Um, Ronald Jones had one target. He, you know, he made that. He actually converted that screen into a 41-yarder. And, and Peyton Barber had two targets, and he caught both for, like, seven yards, which is, like, okay, also, why are you doing this? You're just wasting it wasting down. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not alone in, in, in this, like, Ronald Jones madness, I believe. Uh, so, Baccarin, uh, one of the four guys who we call on the FBG team with, we we uh, couldn't, we, we haven't got our RB2 start sets right, and Ronald Jones is sitting on the on on our bench. Uh, Blair, I know you're another guy who's, like, a pretty big Ronald Jones truther. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you brought up that he was hurt on that Thursday night game. I mean, now we've seen basically two games in 2019 where he's been the more explosive back, uh, you know, between him and Barber. So um, I would hope that it's kind of a matter of time before more of the work shifts, you know, to him. And maybe this 41-yard catch he had will have them throwing the ball to him more. Um, I mean, it's 
kind of a weird game with Evans getting 15 targets and Godwin only getting four. So, I mean, who knows what, what to take from kind of this workload split. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm definitely optimistic for Jones. <laughs> you know, I mean, kind of feel like, you know, if I start him anywhere next week, then he'll probably do nothing. So who knows? It seems like a situation where if you have him in like redraft, you're maybe a little disappointed because you can't really necessarily start him. Yeah. You know, if you built your team to start him, then it's fine. Like, I mean, he had 121 yards, which is great um, this week. But like, if you and if you have him in dynasty, I think you're happy because you don't care that you know he had one target and Peyton Barber had two in dynasty. It's like big deal. You care that he ripped off a huge play, and again, yeah, he looks like the only explosive guy in the backfield. So. You know, who knows what they're going to do coaching wise, but mm. if that's an asset on your roster that you're that, you know, you either got cheap or you were clinging to after spending a pretty high pick last year, it all feels pretty good. I mean, it seems like he's a pretty solid, I mean, not really by low because he made some big plays, but he's definitely on people's benches who are pretty frustrated with him. So if you if you're one of those people who was upset that they got sniped on Ronald Jones. I think now is probably a pretty good time to get him where he's not. He didn't have a blow-up game where, you know, everyone knows that he's the guy now because he scored like 30 points or something. It's like he didn't get a touchdown. He only got one target. You can probably still get him. You at all worried about Chris Godwin's targets after this game? Or not uh, Not too much? No, I don't think so. I think Evans just open all the time. Yeah. You know, it's hard to complain about a guy getting the ball when he goes for 190 yards. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the fantasy football report. Special thanks to our guest, Devin McIntyre. Be sure to follow him on Twitter at Devin MCI. Please remember to rate and review the Rotoviz radio channel on Apple podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon for Hassan Rahim. I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.